Bold Leadership, the science of winning with your host, Dave Evans. Welcome to the show. Hello again, it's Dave Evans. I'd like to talk about why my mom was right about winning. I certainly believe that I grew up in much simpler times. We would ride bikes without our helmet, sleep in the back window of the car because there was a hump in the floor, and take long road trips in the family station wagon, build a fort in the back, and drive 20 hours without the thought of a seatbelt. Our little league teams knew about winning and losing. Coaches taught kids to be respectful. Our baseball team only had eight bats and five helmets, all carried in a green duffel bag, which meant you shared. It also meant that by the ninth inning, you were wearing a sweaty helmet. You couldn't blame the equipment for your success or failure at the plate. Everyone used the same equipment. There were no rewards for finishing second. There were no private coaches for lessons or select teams. We all tried out and were drafted by the coaches based on our performance and tryouts. All of us were ranked, and we knew where we stood. But times have changed, and the world is evolving. Today, kids graduate from everything. Every child is a winner, and kids don't know how to lose anymore. 13-year-olds slam their helmet down, throw their bats, and blame the equipment. Parents blame teachers for failing grades or their child's bad behavior. Do you think that this change in leadership creates narcissists? Well, the Academy of National Science thinks so. They just released a report that squarely blames a parent's current need to not allow their child to fail and be placed on a pedestal as the problem. The results are quite clear. Parents who overvalue children during this developmental stage, telling them that they are superior to others and entitled to special treatment, are more likely to produce narcissistic children who can grow up to become narcissistic adults unless something is done about it. We are responsible for this mess. Leaders are failing, and their fear of retribution only fuels the challenge. So, why was my mom right about winning? Honestly, she was right about both winning and losing. But the lessons learned from failure far outweigh the lessons from winning. Why don't we look at her lessons and discuss how it impacted my life specifically? Number one, winning and losing are both important so long as you take the appropriate lesson from each experience. Folks, let me tell you how true this is. When you graduate from high school or college and start your real job, you are going to both win and lose. You are going to meet folks who love working as part of a team while others trust no one and work to their own personal interests, not the company's. You are going to win sometimes, but more often than not, you are going to lose. It is a tough cutthroat world out there, and you have to be able to handle defeat. Understand why you lost the contract, customer, or sale, then fix it. Most importantly, you have to do it with character. Mom's lesson number two, winning comes from preparation and hard work. My mom also told me if you want to win in life, you better work hard and be prepared for the opportunity when it arises. What happens when you get a fastball down the middle, but you are not prepared to swing? This theme has followed me in each endeavor. Fisher DeBerry, the Air Force football coaching legend, said it best. Luck is the moment hard work and preparation culminate in an exceptional performance. I took his statement to our football team and translated it into this. You make your own luck. If you want to be successful, work hard with a purpose and end goal in mind. Build relationships and let your passion drive you to the end goal. How much sweeter is a success when you have poured your heart and soul into the outcome? If you are an entrepreneur, your business is your new baby. You nurture it daily. It creates an enormous amount of stress and frustration, but when it starts to move on its own and become profitable, you stand there as an exhausted but proud parent admiring your creation. Rule number three, you won, great. 
Now go shake the other team's hand and be humble. Nobody likes a sore loser, but a winner that rubs your nose in it is worse. In life, you are going to win and you are going to lose, but don't be that guy or gal that publicly celebrates their conquest. It only makes you look foolish and tears apart relationships that you may be trying to build. Be humble and thankful for the opportunity to compete. Shake your opponent's hand and thank them for the challenge they offered. Johnny Manziel provides the best example of how not to win. His arrogance and defiance has made him one of the most despised players in the NFL. He has become toxic to the Cleveland Browns. After he won the Heisman, he behaved like an entitled child expecting everyone to bow to his greatness. The saddest part of the whole story is that he was a special player and could have changed the lives of hundreds of Texas kids who looked up to him. But he wasn't humble and now finds himself fighting for his future. Humility is the better part of valor. Win with class, respect your opponent, and always know that people are watching. Mama's rule number four, you lost. Keep your head up, be respectful, and go shake the other team's hands. We all know that guy or gal that blames everyone else when they lose. The referees did not call a fair game. Your company cheated on the contract. My team stinks. I have heard all of the excuses, and they all show me that this is the type of person I don't want to be around. Own your losses. Own your failures and dig deep to find the root cause. Fix it and move on to the next competition, contract, etc. When you congratulate your opponent after a tough fight and get back in the ring, you earn their respect. More importantly, you give yourself another opportunity to win. Have you ever wanted a job so bad you could taste it? I have, and when I did not get that opportunity, I was extremely disappointed. While I believed that I was better, a better choice for the position, my boss had different plans. I accepted the challenge presented for the other job, which led to greater opportunities. I could have easily lost my cool or acted like a child, but my mom taught me differently. She taught me to be respectful and trust your team. Boy, was she right. I ended up as a speechwriter for one of my greatest mentors in the Air Force and someone I consider a lifelong friend. Rule number five, you struck out. Don't throw your helmet or bat, get back in the dugout, and get ready for the next play. How many of you have been to a Little League baseball game lately? I don't know how many kids I have seen throw their helmet or bat after a poor performance at the plate, but I do know this. I don't want any of those kids working for me. Honestly, if I had behaved that way when I was playing, my mother would have spanked my little backside. Everyone gets frustrated when things don't work out like you want, but you can't throw a tantrum. If you lose a contract in business, should you slam the phone down, throw your pencil, or yell at your assistant? No. You should take a deep breath, review why you may have been unsuccessful, and make the appropriate course correction. In 1996, I was one T-38 flight away from washing out of pilot training. I had to fly with my squadron commander, and it was by far the worst flight I had in pilot training. When we landed, I was fairly certain my flying career was over, but we had to finish the flight debrief. I hung up my parachute and helmet, got a drink of water, and proceeded to the commander's office for what would become the longest flight debrief of my 22-year career. He drilled me for over two and a half hours on the operation limits, performance characteristics, and instrument flight procedures of the T-38. I don't think I have ever been that nervous as I sweat through my flight suit and was grilled, but I did not miss a single question. At the end of all of this, the colonel said, I want to wash you out of my program, but I can't. I have never had a student come into my office and survive a debrief like this. You answered every question I asked, and it proves to me that you want to be here. Now get out of my office. It would have been really easy for me to quit after my flight and hang my head down, but that's not how I was raised. I knew I, I had not performed my best in the flight portion, but I was not going to let him beat me on this debrief. 
My mom's final rule and probably my most favorite, rule number six. You learn more from your failures in life than your successes. Thomas Edison made 10,000 attempts to create the first light bulb. You and I would consider these attempts failures, but he did not. I have not failed 10,000 times. I have not failed once. I have succeeded in proving that those 10,000 ways will not work. When I have eliminated the ways that will not work, I will find the way that will work. He took new lessons from every attempt. The reality is that most great leaders fail. The really great leaders take those failures to improve themselves, their organization, or their product line. We can learn much more from understanding how not to do things than we ever can from success. If you truly want to be a bold leader, you must understand why my mom was right about winning. If led correctly, your team will move mountains for you, and their success will propel your company to new heights. Your team over time will look and act exactly like you do. Your weaknesses become their weaknesses. I did not believe this to be true until after my second command tour in the Air Force. After two years working with an incredibly successful team, I took a hard look at the team and what they had become. They had grown to act just like me. My personality flaws became the team's personality flaws, and my strong points became the team's strong points. Nurture your team, learn from your failures, win with humility, keep your cool, and never ever act without character. Today, I am packing up my mom and the rest of the family for a ski trip. I just tried on my new ski helmet. My kids both play for select teams and we spend a fortune on lessons so the kids can compete with their friends. I still value the lessons learned as a child and in this overly obsessive compulsive world, we are doing our best to teach the importance of winning and losing with character, a positive attitude and what lessons to pull from failure. We know the future is our kids and they must lead. The future of our country depends on it. What are you doing right now to be a bold leader? I want to personally thank you for taking the time to hang out with me today. Best of luck and be bold. Be bold.